How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Thinking Musician Podcast Season 2. I'm really excited to jump into the topic of leadership and share some of the things that have been on my heart. And what I'm excited about this season is that what I'm going to share is not ideas that I'm coming up with. Or, hey, this is, this is a, a new and innovative way to think about leadership. But it is God's word and God's spirit and what he has been putting on my heart in his word, by his spirit. Um, things that have been on my heart for a long time and especially in this season. Uh, the world is going through a lot right now. Uh, it's 2020. It's June we have not only been through COVID-19 and a, a global quarantine, um, you know, the disease of COVID-19 has taken many, many, many lives around the planet. We are just coming out of that season. Uh, my wife and I have been in Charleston, South Carolina this week for a reopening of a church, uh, being able to serve them. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of good people, but it's the first time this church has, has opened its doors and met together in person uh, since the month of March. So it's been a long time of, of virtual meetings. A lot of people, more, more so than ever, have tuned into on online presences and online services and online leadership. And during that time, we've seen an absolute explosion in the whole world of social justice. Uh, we've had the topics of police brutality and racism uh, just raging like a wildfire. And not just a, uh, a, metaf- a metaphorical wildfire. We've seen fires being lit in many cities across the United States, across the world, in this fight for justice and due to COVID-19 in some ways the online presence is stronger than ever you're hearing so many voices so many different people sharing so many different thoughts and opinions and and what they're angry about or what they're passionate about or sharing what people need to think and what political party to vote for it's an election year there's it's it's madness in many ways with so many voices. So in some ways that's the backdrop for why I'm talking about leadership in this season. That's the that's the what we're gonna be talking about and a little bit of the why. But for me, the personal why is over the past several years, I've had many passages in God's Word that have spoken to me on a deep level. And going along with those passages, uh, a prayer of mine, a desire of my heart has been, Lord, I don't want to be another one of those voices, just sharing thoughts and opinions on, here's what I believe leadership should look like. I've wanted to say, Lord, help me use this platform to, to point people to your word to your spirit, to you as the leader that we need to follow as humanity. Because there are two kingdoms. There is a real battle being fought on a daily basis. 
But it's really easy to forget where that battleground is. That battleground is first and foremost in the spiritual realms. And when we hear all these voices and see all these things happening around us on social media, it's so easy to forget that we do not battle against flesh and blood, but we wage war against authorities and principalities and powers in heavenly places. It's a spiritual battle first and foremost. You also see Paul talking uh, in some of his letters about 2 Corinthians especially, he says, The weapons of our warfare are not physical, but they have divine power to tear down strongholds, and we come against every thought and opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Right? So we have the spiritual battle going, and we have two leaders, ultimately, of these two camps. We have Jesus. We have God. We have the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, And Jesus says these amazing words in the Gospel of John. I came that they might have life and have it in abundance. He also says that the other leader comes to steal and kill and destroy. We know that that's the devil, the enemy. The Word of God calls him the accuser of the brothers. The Word of God calls him the father of lies. So, in this time, my primary interest has been, Lord, what are you saying? What is your word? What aligns with you? And how can I try and lead in following that instead of the thoughts and the opinions that align with darkness, that align with the accuser of the brothers, and that align with deception, deceit? trickery and destruction so that's where i'm coming from and i don't want my words to be uh my own so as i've you know prayed that prayer and prayed about how to approach this this second season of thinking musician the lord's brought me back to several dreams that I've had over the years, and especially recently, over these months of, of COVID, I think that one of the blessings that I've seen from this, this global lockdown, this global quarantine, is there's been so much opportunity for reflection, for, for listening to the Lord, for uh, getting quiet in His presence. And out of this season has come this, this burning passion to see the Lord raise up leaders who push people into, you know, Jesus, into his leadership and his guidance. And to go back briefly and talk about the first, some of the topics of the first season, we covered scripture passages where the Lord talks about wanting to fill up all of his people with his spirit wanting to teach all of his people through his word, that it's not primarily the, the pastor who is the good shepherd, who is the teacher, who is the guide. Um, the Lord's pastors are under shepherds, under the chief shepherd, and the chief shepherd is the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus. You know, he's our leader. And if you look in the, the book of 1 John, it talks about the anointing of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding the people of God. 
in a personal way on a daily basis. The book of Hebrews talks about hearing the voice of the Lord today and following his guidance and not hardening our hearts toward what we're hearing from him. So there's not only the expectation that he's going to speak to us, but there's this listening ear for that. We're tuning into that. We're growing in hearing his voice. Uh, We're growing in learning his word. Uh, In Isaiah, it talks about you'll hear the voice of your teacher behind you. Ezekiel talks about God giving all of his people new hearts that, that love the Lord and love his word and walk in his ways. So it's all over scripture. It is all over the word of God. And if you need you know, more scriptures to back that up. There's a lot of that in season one of Thinking Musician. If you haven't listened to it, I would encourage you to go back because there's so much hope and encouragement in knowing that the Lord wants to speak to us. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. And these things are in the word of God. One passage in the book of Job talks about the Lord speaking to his people through dreams Another passage in the book of Joel that that Peter quotes. He talks about God's people dreaming dreams and seeing visions and the Lord speaking through those ways. One of the primary means that the Lord speaks to me by his spirit is through dreams. And as we discuss this topic of leadership, um, I want to just share a couple stories, a couple dreams that the Lord has given me and, and what those mean Uh, what the interpretation of those dreams are, and how they've helped me think about leadership. Now, I don't really know many people who talk about these things in this way, so if this is a little strange for you, I understand. But if you'll bear with me through this first dream that I want to share right now, I hope you'll see what I'm talking about, and even be excited uh, to pursue that for yourself. Um, My beautiful, lovely wife, Adair, uh, we were reading through the book of Daniel, early on in the quarantine season. Daniel is an an example of a great biblical leader. And the Lord bestowed on him, you can also think about Joseph, the Lord bestowed on Daniel the ability to understand and interpret dreams. And the Lord used this gift that he gave Daniel and the gift that he gave Joseph to really change nations, to save lives of thousands of people. And going back to that passage in the book of Job, you know, the Lord speaks through dreams. It says that a lot of people do not perceive that the Lord is speaking to them in this way. So uh, through sharing these dreams, I hope that you, you know, maybe get a new vision for what leadership can look like in your life, for ways that the Lord might want to speak to you, dreams that he might want to give you, and just encouragement and this ever-deepening relationship and walk with him. So this first dream that I'm going to share, uh, it came to me years ago. Uh, My older sister is a wonderful woman of God. Uh, Her and her husband lived in Houston, Texas. They had had a baby girl that was three weeks old, and this was in 2014. On the way home from work, right as he had gotten back to work after you know spending some time with my sister after they had their child he was hit and killed by a drunk driver unbelievable tragedy and that was October 5th of 2014 the lord tested my faith in that time but also showed me the reality of it and 
on Valentine's Day of 2015, I was headed back to Maryland from where I was going to school uh, to be with my sister, to encourage her. Um, it was her first Valentine's Day without him in eight years. So I was on my way to encourage her, and I just felt moved by the Lord to to make a pit stop on the way and, and see a friend in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I did that. I stopped. I visited my friend. And that night that I was staying at their house, I had this, this very powerful dream. And the dream went like this. I was walking along a field with about 10 to 12 guys behind me. And I was in this position of leadership and I was walking forward and we were on our way to a marriage celebration, a wedding feast. And there was a lot of excitement. And all of the sudden, before me and the, the guys I was with, the group of people I was with, there was this roller coaster. And we had to get on this roller coaster and ride the ride to be able to get off on the other side and attend this wedding feast. So we step up to the ride, we get in our seats, we fasten our seat belts, and the ride begins. It didn't take long before I realized that I was in serious trouble because this was the craziest roller coaster I've ever been on in my life. I don't know if, you, if you're listening and you're not a roller coaster person or you've had a bad experience on a roller coaster. I mean, I had, I love roller coasters and I had a terrible experience in this dream on this roller coaster. I mean, this thing was doing flips and spins and dives. And typically, when you're on a roller coaster that goes fast and it spins and goes upside down, you have a shoulder restraint. But on this particular roller coaster, I had a seat belt and it was not that tight. The, it was clear to me that the seatbelt was not designed to be the thing that held me in the seat. I was holding on for dear life. And as the roller coaster came to a stop, I looked at my knuckles and they were white. I did not enjoy the ride. I was furious. I was thinking, how in the world can this ride only have a seatbelt? And... Right before we took off on this wild ride, there was an attendant and he casually walked over to us and said, how's it going, everybody? Hope you enjoy the ride. Fasten your seatbelts. Sent us off. And as we pulled back in, in the dream, he came up and he said, hey, how'd y'all enjoy the ride? And I'm thinking, I hated this. I hated this ride. It was so crazy. It was beyond my control. I was afraid for my life the entire time. I was not able to enjoy myself. I didn't seem, I, I didn't feel equipped to be able to enjoy it. Um, it was all I could do not to fall out. So that was what I was thinking. And what he says next, I will always remember. He said, well, I could have told you about the shoulder restraint above your heads, but I didn't really tell you about it, and I almost told you not to put it on. And I look above my head, and there's a shoulder restraint. And I'm thinking, 
what what is this insanity that this guy would either not understand his job or not care about his job or not care about our lives or our enjoyment or even understand the purpose of what this roller coaster is supposed to be and how it's supposed to be ridden that he wouldn't tell us about the most important aspect of it. Now, I don't know if you're already thinking ahead with me and thinking about what this dream might mean, but what really got me was we hop off this roller coaster and we continue on our journey. Because remember, I, in the excitement of the roller coaster, maybe you forgot, but we, we were heading to a wedding feast. So we get to this wedding feast and we're standing in ranks, almost like we are an army. And there are men on one side and women on another side. And I saw up at the front, there was a couple. And it wasn't just one couple. It was many couples represented by this one couple being married. There was no joy on their faces. Uh, it was, it almost looked like um, they were pensive and unsure about whether or not this was going to be a good thing. Almost like they were not excited to be getting married, but it was the next, it, it was the next thing. And everybody in the ranks was there, not excited, not filled with life, not filled with joy, but it was this uh, blank expression on everyone's faces. And it was like everybody was simply waiting their turn to get married, waiting their turn for the next thing, waiting for the next exciting thing to come along to, to take them through life or to bring them enjoyment. And I thought, what is going on here? What is happening in this circumstance? What is happening in this situation? So, I wake up from this dream and I immediately wrote it down. And if y'all have dreams that seem crazy or out of this world or random, I would encourage you, if, if they wake you up and you remember it, I would encourage you to write it down. I would encourage you to pray about, Lord, is this a dream that's maybe from you? That Are you trying to speak to me here? Are you trying to speak to me by your spirit through a dream? Because when I did that, when I wrote it down and I prayed about it and I asked the Lord what the meaning of this dream was, he showed it very clearly to me. And it has a lot to do with leadership. He showed me that the roller coaster that we hopped on, that we had to go through, was life. And this roller coaster... The attendant, the one who's responsible for getting people, you know, on the ride, through the ride, prepping them so that they can hop on and actually enjoy this, are leaders, are, are pastors, are, are equippers. And this attendant clearly didn't understand his job, didn't care about his job, and didn't equip us with what we needed to enjoy the ride. God has given us a beautiful gift of life. The, and I'll just go through the points really quickly to, to say what everything is, and, and then I'll backtrack a little bit and say why the things are what they are. So the roller coaster represents life. The attendant represents uh, 
the pastor, equipper, leader. The seatbelt represents laws, law-keeping, the old covenant, rules, and following God that way and living life according to rules and like an old covenant mindset, an old covenant gospel. And the shoulder restraint represents the Holy Spirit, walking according to the Spirit, living according to the Spirit of God in His strength, in His empowerment. The wedding feast represents many things, but most obviously it represents the ultimate wedding feast that we should be looking forward to, which is the marriage supper of the Lamb. In the end of Scripture, we see Jesus united with His bride and this great, amazing wedding feast. So that's what, that's what the wedding is representing. It also represents uh, that next thing in life that people look forward to, that they think is, well, you know, I'm at this point in my life, I'm here in my career, I guess the next thing to do is to get married. I guess the next thing to do is to have a family. And it's, yes, there's rejoicing, but it comes more out of this, well, I guess that this is what I'm supposed to do next. Or, you know, if you're a single man or woman, you think, well, that's going to be what brings me happiness. That's what's going to bring me joy, is, is finally finding love, and you're just waiting around for that to happen, to actually be joyful, to actually have fulfillment. Now, I want to go back and talk about the elements of this dream. So, obviously, you know, the roller coaster represents the life we live. The life we live, I feel like we have this idea that it is supposed to be one of struggle and trials and difficulty. At least that's how I grew up thinking in my head. If I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, it's going to be hard. Jesus does say in his word, you know, that the way is narrow and difficult that leads to life. And the path is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Many are those that are walking on that path. So, I had that mindset myself growing up. That if I was going to follow the Lord, I'm giving up fun. I'm giving up joy. I'm giving up excitement. I'm giving up you know, my own way of doing things. And i got to follow what Jesus says to do. That was my concept of life. I heard people saying, you know, I, I did receive good teaching growing up, but I heard a lot of people saying, you're supposed to find your joy in God. You're supposed to find excitement in Him. And I believed that, but finding joy in God, there was this disc. It's like, well, how do I do that? How, how does that happen? And the typical answers given to me were, oh, you know, pray and read the word and, you know, spend some time with God and get around believers. But there was something missing. There was an element missing. As I'm looking at other places of scripture, there's also this element of fearing the Lord, which if we think of fear of the Lord, we're, th you know, what comes to mind most readily for people is being afraid of God. If you had a, a father and God's your father and 
you know, you were spo- you were afraid of your father because if you did the wrong thing, he'd get mad at you. And and he'd yell at you or he'd discipline you. And it's like, oh man, I just, I don't want to get disciplined and I don't want to get yelled at and I don't want to do the wrong thing. And it was just like, I have to always obey the rules and, and obey the laws. And, you know, if you're relying on your own strength to do that, man, it is not a fun time. And what that leads to is if you're doing it in your own efforts, it's this perpetual failing and, and falling down and getting back up and falling down and getting back up. And then, and then you get this image of toughness and leadership that it's the ones who are strong and who don't give up and who never back down. And, and the ones who just keep getting back up after they get knocked down. And we get this, this picture of manhood that's, you know, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get it done. And, and that's what the mindset that many of us can live in and succumb to. You know, maybe you had a completely different background than me, but if you look in the scripture, a lot of, you know, the Jewish leaders, a lot of uh, the Jews in Israel had these ideas about God and had these ideas about religion. They had the old covenant, and a lot of the old covenant was, you know, this trying and failing of God's people. But I want to go back to that concept of fearing the Lord. Because there are some scriptures that bring a lot of of perspective to what that actually is. Psalm 34. David says, and and a little interesting tip about Psalm 34. Psalm 34, 8, I mentioned my sister whose husband died in a car accident. You know, I'm going to visit her when I have this dream. The day her husband died, the verse of the day on my Bible app was Psalm 34, 8. And Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. And my sister had recently told me, right before my brother-in-law passed away, that that was her favorite verse in the scriptures. So of all the times... And days for that to be the verse of the day. It was the day he died that her favorite verse in Scripture was the verse of the day. I, I promise you guys, if you are on the lookout for the little things that God does, for the little ways he wants to show up even in the darkest moments and say, I am here, I am present, I love you, I care about you, there is a hope and a future for you in me. Yes, you know, there might be trouble in this life and sometimes heartbreak and utter, you know, agony. Sometimes there are those things. But the Lord is good. You are blessed if you trust him right? So, I mean, that was just an amazing thing when I saw that. Not too long ago, about a month ago, uh, I was listening to somebody else talk about that verse. And I went back to Psalm 34, because that's a, that's a very powerful scripture to me. And I started looking, you know, further down Psalm 34. And it says, just a couple verses later, Come, children, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who desires to live a long life and see many days that they might see good, good things happening, 
good things on the earth. God building his kingdom and fulfilling his purpose. Experience the blessings of the Lord. Who wants to live a long life and have many days that they might see good? It says, don't speak evil things and don't use deceptive speech. Like, man. There's another passage in Proverbs 18 that talks about life and death being in the power of the tongue. I was in a meeting just the other day where James 3 was brought up where it talks about the tongue being being so powerful to destroy and it's hard to tame the tongue. James 1, it says, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak. Slow to get angry. Right? So we see passages talking about, like, if we're going to believe that God is good, we can't speak evil. If we're going to believe that God is good, we can't deceive people about who He is and what He's like and His heart towards us. We actually have to know that He's good and speak that to people. So, so that was a very powerful thing to me. Okay, so, you know, daily the Lord is reshaping my understanding of what it means to fear Him, what it means to, to believe in His goodness, what it means to believe in His love, right? Ephesians, I want to talk real quick about the attendant in this dream. So, so there's this underlying belief that God is good, that He is, you know, he wants to bless us. There's, and I'll go back one more time. Jesus says in the Gospels, he says, no one who gives up house, family, father, mother, lands, children, whatever it is, for my sake in the Gospel, nobody who gives that stuff up, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this life and in the one to come. Jesus isn't saying if you follow me, you're all going to be wealthy. But what he is promising is riches in heaven and on earth of a, of, of a heavenly and a divine kind. There is blessing and abundance for laying down our lives, for dying with him and taking up our cross and following him. There is blessing and abundance and joy in that. So the takeaway is, as leaders, are we pointing to the joy and the bliss of knowing God and experiencing Him and all of the riches and treasures of wisdom and insight are in Jesus? And, and are we letting His Word open our minds to the amount of joy, the amount of pleasure, the amount of bliss in Him. Are, are we pointing people to Jesus as the fountain of delights, as the Scripture calls Him? You know, the living, the one who gives living water. Paul, even though he was one of the ones who went through so much suffering on this earth, he also experienced probably the most joy of anyone who has lived because he walked so closely to the Lord. And, and don't get me wrong, Paul didn't always have nothing. He said, I, I know how to have little, but he also said, I know how to abound. The point is, I know how to, in every station, in every, wherever I find myself, I can be content. 
because I have so much bliss in him that it doesn't matter what else is going on. Yes, it's nice to have stuff, but I don't know about you listening. There have been times in my life where I've had a lot and times in my life where I've had little. But if Jesus is my focus, having a lot doesn't necessarily make me feel more joyful. Having things, lifeless things, does not make me feel more joyful in my spirit. If, that, if, if your joy and your happiness are dependent on what you have or depending on God giving you things... That, that might be a good thing to pray through. Lord, is this, am I desiring these things in, in my flesh and having a fleshly understanding of the ways that you want to bless me and give and, and pour out? Or is it a spiritual first that really gives a body and a meaning and life to uh, some of those fleshly things, which are good gifts? I mean, the list, the list of passages is endless where God talks about being, you know, the giver of every good and perfect gifts. You know, Jesus, as we talked about earlier, I came to give life and give it abundantly. So there are tons of passages uh, on the Thinking Musicians website. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a list of all the passages where it talks about God actually coming to bless his people. And, and the ones who distrust that he is actually there to bless... Man, that's, that's what it means to not fear God. If you look at the parable of the tenants in the scriptures, you know, Jesus entrusts each one of these guys with certain things, and the ones who do nothing with their life and with what they're entrusted with, they do that because of what they believe about God. So all of that to say, we need to start with this belief that God is good. That's Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that he is good. And that tasting and seeing is an invitation into stepping into this, this really deep relationship with him. I'll just give one more example before I move on with this dream. When I'm with my wife and I'm experiencing how good it is to be close to her, how good it is to be near to her, uh, the intimacy that we share together, it brings me more joy and more fulfillment and more satisfaction than anything else ever has, ever can, and ever will in this world. She is a good gift from God. Proverbs 18 says, Whoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I believe that God has those things for His people. Right? So, start with that foundation that God is good, that experiencing that tasting and seeing it comes through relationship with him and that is the first point of leadership one of the biggest things that he has given us to experience to taste his goodness to encounter his presence is his spirit i think if we are not aware of that that jesus said it's better that i leave Remember, the one who said, whoever you know, drinks of me will never be thirsty, left. The one who said, I'm the good shepherd, left because it was better that he leaves so that he could give us his spirit. So if we as leaders, if we as equippers, 
if we as pastors, if we as musicians are not primarily concerned with connecting God's people with God's spirit, helping them press deeper into that relationship, helping them press deeper into that intimacy, you know, encouraging people to press into the full array of, you know, gifts of the spirit, we are robbing God's people and not fully pointing them to his word. We're not fully pointing them to what he has given us so that we can enjoy that life. The only thing that keeps us from desiring fleshly things and walking in the flesh is the spirit of God. Romans 7 talks about this desperate struggle of somebody who wants to obey God but has no power to. And then you get to Romans 8 where you see it's the Spirit of God that empowers us to walk in Him. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the Spirit of God being the one who empowers. If we walk by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I mean, this is so, so clutch, so critical, so life-giving. If we miss out on the Spirit of God, if we miss out on the Holy Spirit, we are essentially condemning people to a joyless existence as a believer in God. If we are not talking about being filled with the Spirit, if we are not talking about and, and encouraging people to pursue this life in the Spirit, then we are missing out on the empowerment of God to walk in His ways. Romans 5 talks about the love of God being poured into our heart through the Spirit that He has given us. If we're going to solve issues like racism, we need the love of God in our hearts, and that comes by the Holy Spirit. So without the Holy Spirit, we're really not fixing any of the problems in the world. So the first, I would say the first and primary point of a Christian leader is somebody who points God's people to the Word and the Spirit of God. Not just the Word of God and not just the Spirit of God, but the Spirit and the Word of God. So keep that in mind. And if that's not something that has been a core, a core part of your life as a leader, or it's not something that you think is important in leadership, I would encourage you to just prayerfully take that to the Lord. Don't take my word for it. Go to the scriptures. If this is what it, if this is how critical and how important the Holy Spirit is, this is how critical and important, you know, the Word of God is. If these things are not our our primary focal points, we, we're, we're leading people with our own wisdom. We're walking like blind men. We're going to lead people into a pit. We're just as likely to lead people into worse trouble as we are to, to point them on the right direction if we're left to ourselves. So that's a huge point. The Spirit of God. The next point is what are we looking forward to? Now, if we are looking forward to the next thing in life, the next exciting thing coming around the corner, the next social event, maybe the next life event, looking you know, at getting married or getting a new job or coming in a, out of quarantine or 
you know, rioting to stop or for restaurants to be opened again or the next presidential election. If we're looking towards these things to provide us with peace, to provide us with enjoyment, to provide us with hope, to provide us with, you know, purpose, we're really missing the point. Because like people were standing in ranks, we are soldiers of the king. We have a general. His name is Jesus. Right? Are we following him? There is, there is a wedding feast that we are to be looking towards. And that is the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. One of the most important passages of Scripture that the Lord has put on my heart in the past couple years to, to, to mold me and shape me in my thoughts about what He wants to do on the earth, what He wants to build, His kingdom, is in Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry until we all attain to the unity, to the fullness of Him who is the head, Christ Jesus. So our goal is to be a bride that is ready for the King of Kings. We want to be a body that is grown up into Jesus. We're, we're not trying to look like the Apostle Paul. We're not trying to look like the, the most famous or popular uh, Bible teacher or, or faith healer or evangelist. No, we're, those leaders are sent to equip the body to, to build each other up into Christ Jesus. To encourage one another. So we see the Word of God and the Spirit of God being so essential for us personally. But then there's also this idea of community. And if we're going to be leaders, we need to know that our goal is to equip the body to build each other up, to grow into Jesus Christ. And if we're not pointing people to to Christ Jesus as the one that we're trying to be like, Christ Jesus is the one that we're... Uh, readying ourselves for ultimately uh, to meet in in this life or the next I mean we're, we're missing the point so we've we've covered a lot of ground I've talked a lot I hope this has been helpful for you again this dream something that came to me years ago back in 2015 in February and the Lord has used the idea of pursuing His Spirit, being filled with His Spirit, and being led by His Spirit, being rooted and grounded in His Word, knowing His Word, pursuing His Word, and then pursuing community, brotherhood, you know, people who push me towards Christ. And then it's been my goal to encourage others in that way. Again, this is thinking musicians. So if I'm on a stage, if I'm on a platform, I want to be somebody who's filled up with the Spirit of God so that what people encounter when they see me is not just 
you know, somebody who knows truth about God from his word, but one who is filled up with the spirit of God, not filled up with the thoughts and opinions and worries and doubts and cares of the world, not the spirit of the accuser, but the spirit of God. So bless you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more Thinking Musicians episodes. We're going to cover more dreams, more exciting topics of leadership. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.